Welcome back to episode 8B of the Taxi Squad podcast. I got Vince with me again from the Unrelated show. And now it's, uh, I, I would like to announce that he is going to be a permanent co-host of the Taxi Squad podcast. Vince, how do you feel about it? Like me or not, guys, I am here. I feel great. I'm happy to be here. Good to, good to chop up some sports with my guy. I got to say, I do enjoy that instead of just going to episode nine, we're just going 8B right now. Well, I, I looked at the college football episode is not truly episode eight. I looked at it as like just a branch off into this episode because everybody got a taste of Norman Nate, and you're going to be hearing a lot more of him this season. I love that guy. I'm putting that out there. I love that guy. That was a great show. He's a trip, and I, I am so happy that we got him on the show, and he's pretty much going to be our college football correspondent uh, for the rest of the season. So uh, we're going to be going into you know a lot of SEC, a lot of Big Twelve, Pac twelve. You know we're gonna we're gonna touch on everything, but primarily those three conferences. We'll go into some Big Ten since we're the Midwest, but no, I, I'm. I'm jacked for episode 8B, as I'd like to call it. Uh, we, got, we, got, we got a lot of good content coming this episode. I'm pretty jacked for it. How about you? Yay, me too, man. There's a lot going on right now. whole lot going on right now in the, in the world of sports. Uh, but let's just uh, touch on the fact that Vince and I, this episode, we are, uh, we are pretty motivated by some uh, good Cabernet. So I don't know if anybody out there is a wine drinker, but we got a good Cabernet Sauvignon from Washington, Columbia. A couple, uh, a couple of stay-at-home sommeliers, if you will, drinking some Colombian winery wine. So exactly, and and it's really not that bad for being a domestic. You know, I'm more of a French or an Italian guy, but you know, for me, this didn't suck. Take what you can get, Mike. Hey. Cheers virtually. How about I got to say, too. I got to say, too. I like how he called you Chicago Mike. I think you should uh, take that name in. That should that should be my new persona. Chicago Mike. I love it. Well, I'm Chicago Mike. That is Norman Nate. Now we just got to figure out a nickname for you. I don't know what that's going to be quite yet. Hey, my full name is Vincent, so Vince is already a uh, nickname. <laughs> I guess we just got to cut your ear off. Yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, random aside before we start here. When do you think Vincent Van Gogh died? Uh, when? Yeah. What year? 19 this was on the unrelated show uh it, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't but it was on another show and i heard it the other day and i was astounded some people are with me some people are completely against me here so you might you might know but what when would you say you know i did a book report on this guy when i was like 10 was like, years old you're cheating <laughs> I'm, well that's like 20 years ago literally uh old as old as f um i'm gonna say 1910 Ah, you went after. See, so in my mind, I thought he was born in like 1720 or some shit. Dude was born in 1850, died in 1890, but he should have died in 1910 because he uh, was a reckless alcoholic and died early. But I thought he was way older than that, so... Well, who's you know. like Ed, most of those guys were blazing alcoholics, and you know there was a lot of probably mental illness going on there. But that's before yeah. the day of you know that's before people knew what mental illness was. Correct, and you just got <laughs> yes. drunk all the time, and it just probably aided to the problem. He's an um, artist too, you know. Yeah, same thing with like Edgar Allan Poe. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, Edgar Allan Poe was a total fucking psycho. Don't get me wrong. Love the Raven. The Raven. <laughs> great, great story. Great little story. What I liked about that guy is they were small stories. But they were all fucking weird. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was terrifying. I would not want to hang out with him in person. 
I mean, maybe for one drink, but that's about it. Yeah, I'm going home early. I'm having one whiskey <laughs> with that guy and be like, all right, dude, have a good night. Hey, wife's calling. <laughs> yeah, back then, they wrote you a letter. Wife, dude, she sent in the pigeon. I got to move. <laughs> the carrier's um, here. <laughs> all right, let's get at it. <laughs> okay, no more art talk. Let's, uh, let's move right into the NFL here. Totally weird transition. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> But there were some weird roster cuts this week. If we're going to stay on topic, you know, no one saw this Cam Newton thing happening. I mean, what do you make of this? It was very surprising. Uh, One of my coworkers, big New England Patriots fan, she was besides herself. Um, Obviously, everybody wanted Mac Jones to start. It's the rookie thing. We want Fields to start. That's how it works. But I didn't see this coming from anywhere. Um, I don't know why they did it. Uh, there's speculation of why they did that, but I don't know. He's not a top quarterback anymore, I know, but just getting rid of him seemed a little unnecessary. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, and what's weird is the shit that leaked out of the Patriots organization over the past couple weeks, and that rarely ever happens. I mean, that place is sealed up tight as a tomb. So, Does that mean you can't believe it, though, or? I mean, I, I, I can't in a weird fucking way. I honestly can believe it over the past two weeks is like what's been coming out of that organization. It's like, oh, they're upset because of the covid protocol. And then he took a couple of days off and then he had to and he was in close contact and all that good shit. And it, he like took a test at the wrong time in the wrong place. So they were like it's one against the NFL's protocols and all that. It's yeah, it, it seems to me like almost like there there may have been some collusion here. No, Belichick? No. Uh, I don't know. He never cheats. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if you consider that cheating. And to be honest, I'm I'm a No, I know, I know, I know, I know. Brady Belichick. I, I just think that they needed a reason to not be the bad guy, but I think everybody knows well enough at this point what they were trying to do. And if Mac is their guy, then that's their guy. Do I think he is the guy? Eh, no. I, no. <laughs> In my opinion, absolutely not. Well, I mean, what has he done so far that's proven to you that he's going to be like the next Tom? I mean, because that was the talk when they drafted him. This could be like the next Tom Brady. What did Tom Brady do to prove to you that he was Tom Brady, though? As well? Tom Brady came in after Drew Bledsoe got his shit taken off. Already in the season, though. Well, well right. And, and Tommy, though, was a sixth-round draft pick. But that's the thing. That was in 2001, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's almost – that is 20 years ago. And yep. with that being said, that style of quarterback, pro-style pocket passer was not coveted back then. Everybody was looking for the Jamarcus Russells of the world, and we all know how that worked out. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Jamarcus Russell was an 01, though. Oh, God. I, I, no, he was <laughs> a couple years after. Yeah. Every, Everybody was looking for that guy. I mean, hey, and, I can say it because I am, but that was a big boy. That guy was too big. He was like Dante Culpepper, but bigger. Bad. <laughs> oh, and like Mel Kiper was like, this is the guy he's going to be. Da, 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 yeah. And he sucked. Talking heads, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So to, to not get too far off topic here, I just I think what Mac is is what you've seen, and his ceiling is very low. And mm-hmm. I don't think there's going to be much more progression beyond that. It's just think and dunk it and he'll throw 20 yard outs and that's going to be about it. And Hey, I mean like the, the potential's there. Like, don't get me wrong. He, he can be amazing, but I don't, I don't see it. 
Yeah, I, I don't really either, but I mean, I guess time will tell. I, I don't know what value Cam gives them right now, though. I mean, even in the start of the preseason and, and training camp, like what was it, that one thing that they kept showing video on on the NFL network of like he couldn't throw the ball in the rain, and they were like, oh, is his shoulder going to be capable of handling it and all this good stuff because he had it surgically repaired and all this good shit. Yeah. I mean, those are real questions, too. Well, they are real questions. But then, you know, of course, in the world we live in today, everything's, it, oh, did, did they cut him because he did? He decided not to get vaccinated? I, yeah. What do you think? I don't know. I I don't think that's impossible. Um, and I don't, it's not like a whole, like, like political side, all that shit. I think they're just, like I, I said to you before this, too, like availability is the best ability. And I think that if they can swing it any way where it doesn't seem like they're kicking them out solely because of vaccine, because of the player, um, because of all the players and stuff and like the alliance and all that. But I don't, I think that that's possible. If he's like an actual, if he's not doing anything beneficial for the team and he's out, he's not getting vaccinated. He's just like, you know what? Like why at this point, why? Like why keep you just urban Meyer me right there? I mean, just a touch. I don't like did, to be uh, compared did you, to you. <laughs> did you just urban me right there? I, I don't. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying that's that's hey, what's that's what it seems like happening. Best availability or a best a best ability is availability, right? That's the that's the line. Hashtag exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Listen, I don't know. I could see this, and and I once again back to the collusion phrase. Bill Billy Boy could have gotten with his guy Slater Hightower. All these guys who have been on the team forever and been like, talk this guy up, will you? Or in his way, will you talk this guy up? Great Bill Belichick. We're on to Cincinnati. Um, <laughs> anywho, <laughs> um, I, I mean, maybe that was the, maybe that was the thing. And then, and, and then, like they get there and they're like, "Oh, Max, the shit." I mean, like he is. He is Mac. Return of the Mac. So we're just going to wait and see. I think yeah. the, the opening game is going to be very interesting to watch because I feel like former Belichick coaches play him well. Um, so I think they don't Ryan, play anybody else well. What, what the hell is that though? That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, I think they know the way of Bill, except for Matt Patricia, because that was. Just... Uh, Josh McDaniels was the same thing though. Josh McDaniels didn't wind up coming. He wound up coming back to to kiss the yeah, ring. Yeah, because he can't because he can't be head coach. Well, hey, what I will never disagree with Josh Daniels is that Jay Cutler is an absolute bag of dicks. But he's the best. He is a bag of dicks. Him. He has a podcast now too. He's one of us. Fuck him. <laughs> Watch we get on. We we wind up collaborating with Jay Cutler one day, and we're best friends. And like, I would love that. You would whatever. have to figure it out, but <laughs> let bygones be bygones. Be like, drop it. He wants it on. Yeah, I don't know if he has every record in the Bears book for shitty quarterbacks. So I gotta love him. Yeah, yeah. It's like the Hanley fucking school for the blind. I mean, our quarterback over the our quarterbacking over the past. 35 years has been trash. I mean, sexy so, Rexy, baby. Hey, not many teams went off a of defense. Well, some do, but in that era. And uh, yeah, I mean, eh, Jay, just not a fan. I was a big <laughs> fan for a long time that I, I will say that. And then he just wore on me. Yeah. Um, but moving off of Jay, 
and you know, kind of staying with this whole Mac thing. So that game one, I mean, who are you picking? If you got Dolphins, so this is going to be like the the Bama quarterback, you know, uh, rivalry, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, do you think it's going to be Tua? Do you think it's going to be Belichick or or Mac? I mean, what what do you think here? I think it's the Dolphins, but I don't think it's the quarterback thing. Because, I mean, I went and saw Tua play. Granted, it was the first preseason game, but, I mean, he could be good. He could definitely be good. Um, I'm not sold on him in any capacity, um, but that Dolphins team is mean, and they're fast, and they can hit. Um, and I know, like, the Patriots are coached well, but I like the Dolphins in that matchup. Even with Hightower and all these guys coming back now on that on that Pats D, you don't think they're going to give Tua fits like all fucking day? I don't think it's going to be, like, in the 30s. Like, I think it's going to be, like, a 20-something to teen game. Oh, I think it's going to be a bet the under game for sure. Whatever Easy. line they're giving, bet the under. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's my most humble opinion. I just – and I don't call me, you know, old-fashioned here, but I just don't think a lefty quarterback can make it in this game today. Tebow, baby. Hey, Timmy, we already talked Timmy, about him last Timmy, time. <laughs> you know, I saw Timmy on the college football kickoff tonight for Tennessee. And, uh, he looks good there. He looks great there, and that's where he should be forever. And that's yeah. okay, though. But that's Tim. And, you know, for the record, Tim was spotless for the playoffs. I mean, he beat Big Ben. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I was actually a huge Tim Tebow fan. I actually hated when he left the NFL. I didn't think he was anything, actually. but For whatever I... reason. T-ball always gets brought up on this show. What I got? <laughs> Bless you. We can't get away from him. <laughs> can't get away from Tim. I got to say, though, like, as Bless far him. as if you're looking at the Dolphins and you're looking at the Patriots, the Dolphins line or the Dolphins depth chart is just, it runs circles around them, at least on the offense. You got Gaskin. Gaskin's a speed threat. That man can run. Malcolm Brown's no joke. Devontae Parker. Mike Gusecki's good. Decent line. I don't know, man. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be the Mac getting thrown in the deep end of the pool and hoping for the best. First game starting ever. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. And and who knows with this whole COVID thing, like, you know, who might play, who may not play. But I believe that both teams are right at that threshold that you need to be. But, you know, in, in all other words, I do give – you know, the NFLPA some credit because of the discrimination thing or whatever the fuck it is. But um, it's going to be a fun game to watch, you know, moving into that whole COVID thing. I mean, right now, if you're paying attention to the Colts, which not many people do, but Pat McAfee. But if you're looking at this, <laughs> if you're looking at Indianapolis this. Indianapolis is pressed right now. <laughs> it's, I mean, and we're saying the AFC. I mean, that is something to really consider. I mean, I think the Colts right now are in a whole world of hurt, and I don't know exactly how they're going to shake out. I really don't. Uh, I mean, we all know who's going to win that division, I think. Yeah. Like, there's – I mean, the Jaguars, no matter how Trevor Lawrence does, they're tops. They're going to come in maybe third. The Texans are coming in last. <laughs> so, well, really, yeah. it's like Colts or, Colts or Jaguars get second, and then Titans just run away with it. That's the only way I can see it going. Yeah, I agree with that statement. I mean, as long as, you know, barring major injury, I just think the Titans are way too stacked for that. Yeah. And, and you know, with well coach Brown and Julio Jones and yeah. the big man backstairs, I mean, dude, he's he's just a, a monster. And talking about Derrick Henry, of course. Yeah. Sorry to not specify, but 
It's going to be interesting. I think it was assumed. (laughs) Well, then again, here's what I'm saying. If Jonathan Taylor can show out and that defense can show up on the Colts, I I think – Yeah. I mean, they're tough too. I mean, so in theory, you could look at the AFC South going straight down to the wire, Titans, Colts. Now – Maybe though. If Carson Wentz is half of what he was when he almost won MVP, then that's when I can see it happening. But I well, he's back with his guy. I know, but I just I lost all faith in that guy. Maybe it's like unwarranted, but I I don't see him doing anything, man. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how he comes through. You know, he's got a lot of familiar faces there with his old coach and Frank Reich and Trey Burton's there, and you know, shit like that. I I think it it very Trey well Burton. I mean, hurts. I hate it that does. guy. I, I don't hate him. I, mean, I thought he was great for us. When he was. No, he wasn't. He wasn't terrible. He was pretty bad. He had Mitch thrown him the fucking football. I mean, he was out for a whole year. and the, Yeah, you're wrong about that. No, I just drafted him in fantasy, so I have like an unrivaled hate for him. It's really not oh. really, it's not really uh, uh, generally backed up in any way, but I definitely don't like him. And he wasn't that great for the Bears, but also – he had Mitchell throwing him the football. <laughs> who is who is and Glennon? <laughs> and, oh, and Big Bird. Yeah, yeah. Gotta love Big Bird. What a guy! You remember when Ryan Pace like tried to like hype that guy up? Oh yeah. I feel like I'm. It's feel like it's Groundhog Day, dude. I'm not even playing. And you see, here's the thing with anybody in the Bears management or Bears quarterback. See, in the beginning, you like them a lot because your fandom takes over, right? And you're like, this is the fucking guy. And you're you're like, oh, man, this is going to be awesome and all this good stuff. And then, like, one thing leads to another, and they're trash. And they sold it very, very well. And then they tried to give you Mitch, and you were like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, the whole thing. It's, that's what I'm saying. It's Groundhog Day right now. We got Andy Dalton playing Mike Glennon right now. Same color hair and everything or whatever it may be. And then... You got a rookie quarterback you're waiting to see, so. You know, if we're here right now, I mean, what the fuck, Ryan Pace, by the way? <laughs> I mean, yeah. if, if this is where Wait, we no, are. Let's, this... let's say the title that it actually is. Ryan Pace, what the fuck is you doing, baby? What are you doing, baby? What are you doing, baby? This... And, you know, some Bears fans, like, praise this fucking guy. I don't get it. What has he done? I don't know. You just, you got that's the thing. You got like ninety percent of us that are like, "What the fuck is Ryan Pace doing?" And then you got ten percent that are like, "No, trust the process. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes." I'm like, "Fuck off! Fuck off!" The whole team is a mess. Like, he is the Jesse Smollier or the Juicy Smollier. Juicy. <laughs> what a guy he is the Juicy Smollier of NFL GMs. Just lying his ass off. You know he's gonna fuck it up. Yeah, I mean, easy. It's it's bad and. Bottom line, here's why you know it's bad. Today, an article comes out, and it was Bears Wire or some shit. And it's like, article, reads, title, Tevin Tevin Jenkins has back surgery, dot, dot, dot. It worked. It worked. (laughs) Congrats to back surgery. He's he's, better because he got surgery. No shit. What? He's quoted (laughs) in saying that, oh, it worked. Oh, it's so dumb. What? Wow. Wow. It's so magic. It works like it's supposed to. Fuck, I hope so. Yeah. 
God it, bless. Tevin Jenkins I, got surgery and now he's a lot worse. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're gonna say that. Yeah, that's so dumb. <laughs> oh yeah, they're they're gonna say. Oh yeah, well Tevin Jenkins had a uh, lower back surgery. And he's way fucked up. So. Yeah, now we can't stand. So I don't know what we're gonna do. <laughs> Come I, on. You know, if you anybody from Chicago, if you listen to Carmen and Yurko, Yurk said it best. You know. Back injuries for offensive linemen, chances are not a good thing. No, no bad. And that's bad. a big boy, too. And that man knows. So he, he does know. And yeah, I, I just, you know, it, it once again, it's back to this whole thing of we reach for players that are on the fence of like, oh, well, he was great when he was healthy. Dude. Uh, that guy looked like a stud, though. As far as like watching offensive lineman tape and seeing how guys play in college, like that guy looked legit, and he still does. And I'm not going to completely discount him, but he looked legit. Well, see, the flip side of that's Eddie Jackson, right? Eddie Jackson, when the yeah. Bears drafted him out of Bama, broke his leg that year. Yeah, was supposed to be like a first round draft pick at safety, and dropped to the fourth round, and we took him. But he hey, it's worked out. But you see, he dropped to us. That's the thing. Tevin Jenkins didn't drop to us, and then we took him. And yeah, dude couldn't even get through training camp. So what the fuck? I, I well, that's you know, a whole, you know, like the verdict isn't out. We we're gonna want to see what he's doing, but getting back surgery before you play your first game is certainly not a good way to make an impression. No, it, it definitely isn't. And I mean, between that and then the fact that you know. They're trying to sell, you know, Brashard Pyramid to us. What? I mean, they have the best forty team in, in planet Earth. Like if, if they if they took every single team and then instead of playing football, you just threw them on a track, like we'd probably win. <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily transfer to football. No, no, it doesn't, especially if you don't have a secondary considering hey. we have four cornerbacks on the today. We'll get to that in a second, but Justin Fields throwing a cannon to Brashad Perryman would be a pipe dream and a beauty for me. But the, oh, no, see the pipe dream and the beauty for me is more so Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson. Make those guys great. Fuck. Oh yeah, Brashad I mean Brashad Perryman's not going to be a one or two wide receiver. He's a slot guy at tops. Yeah, I, I mean he's a big dude. He's got length and all that shit, and I get that. But I, I just don't know where he fits or why he fits when you have Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham. Those are your big targets in the end zone. Yeah, but I mean he's got speed. He was good with Jameis. Jameis was a gunslinger. I don't know. I'm not going to say no to him. I was a little surprised when he took him, and also he got cut from the Lions, and that's never a good sign. Hey, Motor City Dan Campbell brings the lion to the room and says, get the fuck out. Hey, do you see how many kickers the Detroit Lions have right now? No. They have zero kickers. They drop both of them. <laughs> I'm just saying, they just might. He's they... never going to kick. <laughs> Motor City Dan Campbell's going for everything this year. <laughs> yeah. They're just going to take Penn A. Sewell and be like, hey, big man, go ahead. They're down three. They're like Jared Goff running for the first down right now. <laughs> Maybe they know something we don't, you know? Maybe maybe they know something we don't. Although Belichick is famous for doing shit like that also. And then like yeah. day still one, a kicker, though. bring a guy. Yeah, you need a kicker. <laughs> they need somebody. Team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, man. It's just the Bears. It's just the Bears. I mean, you know, if, if we're talking about cuts and the fact that we have four cornerbacks and all this good shit, I mean, 
Urban Meyer coming out and saying some shit like, well, we evaluate everything and your status of vaccinations included in that. And, you know, He didn't necessarily say that, though. What did he say? He you you just quoted it, so what did he say? Uh, well, he, he didn't necessarily say availability is the best ability, but he said that it went into the thought process, being available in any regard, whether it be you're going to be injured maybe, or you're not vaccinated. So, I mean, the writing was on the wall. That's what he meant to say, yada, 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 but I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that guy's cut out to be a, a coach in the NFL because he's still speaking like a college guy. He's just saying what he wants, and I don't think it's going to work out for a grown Yeah, he's not used to the unions and the PAs being like, hey, yeah. asshole, what'd you say? Well, yeah, because the NFL PA is going to be like, hey, like, you can't just say that about guys that are working under us. Like, you can't just, like, take advantage of college football hey. players now. Well, that was his thing, though. You know? I know, I but know. That's, the, that's the only thing he doesn't have now is that they're getting paid now. <laughs> He's a fucking migraine headache away from being out of the league. Yeah, um, right? It's right like, now. oh, I broke my knee and my kids are concerned, so I'm going to quit halfway through the season. I tore my meniscus. I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to focus on my mental health. It's like, you already done that three times. You need a new excuse now. Everybody. Good luck, Trevor. Good luck. <sighs> what a mess. Oh, man. That, I mean, I, I really hope the best for that kid. I think he is the most organically just talented draft prospect coming out this season. Yeah, good head on his shoulders. He looks good. Seems to be. I mean, bless you. Another one. I mean, another Jesus boy. But it's just, Oh, yeah. He's Tebow, but good. He is Tebow, but good. Well, we could spend way too much time on the Lions. Or not you want to talk about Tebow for another 20 minutes? No, we're, we're, we're getting off Tebow. Okay. We're getting off Tebow. Love it. Let's 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 divert back to our favorite team, the Chicago Bears. I mean, what is it? What are we going to do at cornerback, realistically? I mean, you had Kyle Fuller. You decided to let him walk. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck is that about? And then Artie now, Burns, Mike. Artie Burns is back. Now you're here, and it's we have four cornerbacks on the roster and mm-hmm. all these wide receivers and – I mean, listen, unless the pass rush is that out of sight where, you know, a quarterback has four seconds, not even a half a second to throw the football, then we're fine. But beyond that, I think we're 100 I mean, that's, that's what they like to hang their hat on, but you got to have somebody that can stop it. And like, granted, Eddie Jackson's a ball hawk, but that's a safety position. Like, you got to have guys that can that can match up on the line and, and run with them and stop passes from happening. That's the idea of a cornerback. And right now, like – Jalen Johnson's no joke. Yeah, fun fact. Um, Jalen Johnson's no joke. We all know that. Um, really, having Fuller and Jalen Johnson would have had would have been the best corners. But I don't know, man. If you're like really relying on like like Kendall Vildor, like I don't know. I don't think you can you can do that necessarily. Have a successful defense, at least a successful secondary. See, I was high on this Vildor. No, he's good. He's good. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't know if he's going to be starting. And then what do you got now? I mean, I guess they have they have five cornerbacks now, something like that. But it's even so, it's just it's not good. It's not no. the way you have to set up a defense at all. No, and I mean Eddie Jackson cannot tackle. Can't. Doesn't I mean, matter because he'll catch it every time. But sure, but yeah. Well, I don't know if anybody. Maybe it was preseason, but that piss poor tackling attempt on Mike Gusecki in the pre. I mean, yeah. you were there. That was trash. Yeah. You think uh, you think Mike Brown's still around? Hey, Mike, you know <laughs> Mikey Brown. Who, whoever's a real Bears fan, OG remembers Mike Brown. I mean, oh yeah, he would make shit happen, and you were like, how? How do you do that? 
Just a dense, dense dude. Just a little, beast little guy. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's little, but he's heavy. Like yeah, that man did the job. He destroyed people, and when he was healthy, it was impressive to watch. And mm-hmm. I'll never that our Super Bowl year, we still had him. And yeah, it, it was uh, it was definitely something to be seen with Lance Briggs, Brian Urlacher, Mike Brown, Peanut Tillman. I mean, Jerry Azuma. Jerry Azuma. Was hell on. yeah. That's an OG name right there. Love that guy. Who doesn't love Jerry Azuma? Number 23. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the Hester. Original. Maybe, the original. maybe Jerry Azuma wasn't on that team. Maybe he was a little bit earlier, but because Hester took 23. so. Yeah, maybe he was. Yeah, you're right. Maybe Jerry Azuma was not on that team. Even yeah, so, though, if you don't know who Jerry Azuma is, look him up. The man's a, a Chicago Bear niche legend. Yes, 100%. That and Keith Trailer. Um, by I the love way, that guy. Do you know if Keith Trailer started playing? It's a fun fact for everybody. Keith Trailer started playing football, like NFL football, in 1991. Hmm. Fun really? fact. Played into the 2000s. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. It's news to me. At a nose tackle position? That's pretty yeah, impressive. Just getting his face hit in all the time? It's news to me. Yeah, I don't know. So I also mean, what, one more one more thing on the Bears. Danny Trevathan's on the IR now. You see that? Yeah, we got Alec Ogletree. We'll be fine. I know, but still, I'd rather have both of them. <laughs> well, I mean, you got you got Roquan. Yeah, who's I like, great. I mean, it's just if you're not going to have a secondary, you got to have a linebacker and pass rush like down pat. See, I loved Ogletree, and I thought the Bears should have drafted him when he was coming out a couple or like four or five years ago. I I loved Ogletree. I thought he was the best linebacker in the draft that year. He's jumped around a little bit, but he's still pretty solid. And how do you feel about Christian Jones? (sighs) Okay, I don't know what that's about. They're going to be. I mean, they're going to be. They're going to be sharing snaps at that point. But yeah, I think the best guy you got on the team at middle linebacker is Roquan and. There's no two bones about it. Zero. Um, yeah. I mean, he's the best tackler on the team. The guy flies around. Um, I don't know. It, it's going to be very interesting to see. You know, I, another thing I saw this week was that the Bears were potentially looking to trade for Bryce Callahan. Who's already on the goddamn team. <laughs> I mean, for real, though. Dude was on the team yeah. two years ago, and you just let him walk. Once again, thank you, Ryan Pace. And here we are. Right. You wouldn't need Bryce Callan if you had Kyle Fuller and he wasn't chilling in the Mile High City right now. It's Imagine having both of them. Holy I shit. I can, two years ago. <laughs> and they were great for us. Yeah, I, they were awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's so difficult to watch and pay attention to at times. Yep. It, it's bad. It really is bad. I mean. Hey, anyway, let's, hey, let's hop off the Bears right now. All right. Let's talk about a uh, uh, past NFC North uh, foe that we had. Um, Teddy Bridgewater has been announced as the starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos over Drew Locke. Your thoughts? I think Drew Locke's the guy. How, I th- how though? I think Drew Locke's the guy. Here's why. Drew Locke is younger, A, B, more athletic. No offense, Teddy. And then C, he the has a far well, he has a far bigger <laughs> arm, though. Hey, he is like your guy reincarnated, aka Jay Cutler. That's Drew Locke right there. I wouldn't say that Drew Locke's as good as Jay Cutler, but I see what you're saying. Like the comparisons there. He looks like a baby Jay Cutler, like the face, the arm, the athletic ability. Dude, if he didn't dance to that Jeezy song, I don't know if he'd be on the roster right now. (laughs) 
I, I don't think that's – I think that's John Elway's guy. John Elway loves to get guys minus Peyton Manning. He loves to get guys that are like him, right? Yeah. He, he He's likes not as big as John Elway was, though. Well, John Elway's John Elway. I mean, let's boy. not play around. No, I'm saying physically, not as a person. Listen, to me, Teddy is a serviceable quarterback in the NFL – but I think he's going to be a career backup. If you're going to – I feel like if you're going to compare the two, Teddy Bridgewater is kind of a guy that's going to do – he's not going to do the bad things. But Drew Locke can do, like, the good things very good. He can also do the bad things very bad. Where well, Teddy you know Bridgewater what, Vinny? is more in the middle there. You know what, Vinny? Sometimes you got to hop on the good foot and do the bad thing. You know, that's all I'm saying. And – yeah. <laughs> As, I mean, as long as long as you can do more good than bad, that's all that's going to matter. It's just I, exactly. I test, I test alone. Watching Drew Luck play quarterback is has to be the most stressful thing for a Broncos fan. Oh, I mean, who wants to be a Broncos fan? I mean, let let Vic Honestly, dude, I'd rather be a Broncos fan than a Bears fan right now, <laughs> based disagree. on how much they've won. Disagree. We Come have on. Justin Fields. That's what we can hang our hat on. <laughs> We're not going back to the Bears. On we the always hang our hat. We always hang our hats on rookie quarterbacks. Let's see how they actually go. Yeah. He has shown that that kid. I mean, that kid's done some shit over the over. Like it's just like whoa. He's good, but he hasn't shown shit yet, and you know that. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's played against four stringers like Mac Jones, but still, when he shows it, it's there. The athletic ability, the arm, all that good shit. But I will say this: I I do not believe Teddy Bridgewater makes it through the halfway point of the season as the starter for the Denver Broncos. I believe eventually Drew Locke is right back in. All right, we will uh, we will revisit that when that comes then, because I would like to see it. Well, Noah Fant and Jerry Judy's fantasy value are highly dependent upon that, so everybody yep. pay attention. To that. I got Jerry Judy. We're gonna get into fantasy in a little bit, but oh yeah, I got Jerry Judy, and I am a little worried about it. Well. Hey, Jerry Judy could be a guy this year. I think he has a lot of uh, a lot of explosive explosive. Yeah, well, that man's good. That man's good. I mean, he's a hell of a route runner. So, time will tell. Let's move off some football. Let's get let's get straight into some baseball here. That's my stuff, Mike. That's it. So, current standings right now. Looking at the AL. Of course, our, our White Sox, as everybody has listened to the oh, show. Oh, where's the biggest division lead in the MLB? Oh, yeah. the Chicago White yeah. Sox. Yeah. Would who's you look also, at that? Who's also in the weakest division of the MLB. We don't even say that, though. No, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Because the Rays have, you know, we're in the AL East. We're in trouble right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but, but what are you making of this right now? I mean, of course, the Sox are going to run away with the Central. Um is there at this point, to... at this point, that team is making sure their guys are right. Um, they're getting a lot of arms in there, getting everybody some practice, and not wearing anybody down. So, really, as much as I'd like to talk about them, it's kind of pointless to talk about the White Sox right now. They are who they are. They're going to make it to the playoffs. They're going to get over ninety wins, and that's where we're at. Um, Concur. What I what I would like to look at first off would be AL West. Um. I think that it's been like said that the Astros are going to win that division no matter what. And it looks like that to be happening. But, I mean, the Athletics are only four and a half games down. There's a lot of baseball left in the season. Um, they're, they don't have that tied down. Like, they're not up ten games. They're not up double digits like the Sox are. 
I don't know. If the Athletics catch steam and the Astros lose a couple series, like this could be a race. The Athletics are like the Wu-Tang Clan. They ain't nothing to fuck with. They gave us a run for our money, I mean, in that four-game set. So, and they um, have, and they're not in a playoff spot right now, so they're really playing for something. I agree. And, you know, four and a half out, that's at this point of the game is just, it's there. So yeah. you, you have something to play for, as you just alluded to, and, and I believe the Athletics have the ability to get up there in the AL West. I would love to see it just due to the fact that we've played them, we have familiarity with them late end of the season yeah i think it'll make hendrick's head case ass play a little bit better than he usually can i love it (laughs) i love to hate it but at times i do love it um i will say that the athletics do have a legitimate shot at winning the al west i i just ultimately with how hot the yankees are right now and even though Uh they have dropped a couple to the angels i i still think that team is right there if they get the wild card watch out I mean, they are at this point. I would. I mean, obviously, nothing set in stone right now besides space in the NOS. But um, as far as playoff teams, not the division. But it's. I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> the, I don't think the Red Sox are going to stay. Like, obviously, they're they're no. doing pretty poorly, pretty like recently. So, well, like here's here's what I'll say. Unless Chris Sale. For whatever reason, and I don't Stars know every game. <laughs> yeah, right. Unless Chris Sale can come back and start every game for them, which is impossible. But if he can come back and be lights out and kind of get some momentum rolling for them, and, and that takes the Yankees falling pretty drastically. Um, They're both in playoff spots right now, though. Yeah, seven and nine games, and I mean we got a whole month left of baseball here. So. Right now, it's Tampa Bay leads the division, but the AL wild card is the Yankees and the Red Sox. Yeah, which would be a an extremely compelling one game series. You got to throw the athletics. You got to throw the athletics in there too. Yeah. And sleeper team of the year, the Seattle Mariners. What the hell is that? They are literally fourth right now. They're three and a half games outside of a wild card. We'll see. We'll see. Ty Ty France. Who the fuck is Ty France? Where the hell did he come from? You know, it's amazing. Seattle hasn't been relevant since Ichiro was on the team in the early. That's why this is crazy. That's why this is crazy. Like they're actually playing well. They're playing good brand of baseball right now. I just know this. Chances are we're going to see the Astros, and I'm talking as a White Sox fan. We're going to see the Astros in the ALDS, and it's going to be very interesting to pay attention to. Yeah. You want to know who I feel bad for? Who in the AL? The north of the border, Toronto Blue Jays. Well, I mean, they've gotten they've gone all over this year thanks to their lovely president or whatever the hell they call him over there, Justy Justy Trudes, Justy Trudes. But even, no, not even for that though. It's just like that division is a it's just the murder capital of the world, and they're seventy and sixty two, and they're three games out of wild card right now. And right now they have Robbie Ray's pitching like a Cy Young pitcher right now, and they have the second best like hitter in the AL. Actually, they have the best hitter in the AL. He's just not going to win the MVP because Shohei Otani is an anomaly. Shohei is like the coolest thing. The coolest thing. That guy is so cool. I just want to say this. I just want to say this. If anybody doesn't like Shohei Otani, you're wrong and it's dumb because that guy is so cool. If you don't like Shohei, go fuck yourself. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Like that, the the shit that he's doing, like if you're going to make an argument against what he's doing, like, you're wrong and shut up because that guy is good and he's like real good. Well, my whole thing is like I really feel bad for the Angels because 
they have two of the best players in baseball and they're they have the two best players in baseball I mean, they're like at 500 at 493 as a winning percentage. They're six because they won't sign pitching, Mike. Well, that's the problem, and I don't know how you I don't know how you get anywhere if you don't have pitching. I mean, the White Sox have always invested in pitching. If we're going to relate it back to anybody, yeah, and it's either hurt us or it's worked for us this year in particular. It's worked for us, but I'm still very skeptical. People say pitching wins championships, and that is just true. It's only true. Because if you look at the division leaders right now, if you look at the wild card leaders right now, the Yankees have a suspect pitching staff, but they can get it done sometimes. But Tampa Bay Rays are a pitching factory, and they're the best team in the in the American League right now. Houston Astros, great pitching this year from a lot of guys that you didn't expect it from. Dodgers, obviously, they're a powerhouse. They got pitching. San Francisco, they're ran on pitching. Milwaukee, the top three guys are like some of the best pitchers in baseball. Corbin Burns might win a Cy Young. And then Atlanta also has really good pitching. Max Fried's pretty good. You know his back. Like, you have teams that have good pitching, and they go to the playoffs. And the White Sox have a Cy Young winner, too. And he's – or not winner, but expected, whatever it may be. But Garrett Cole's also on the Yankees. Good pitching. Uh-huh. You can't win without pitching. Garrett Cole is the ace of the Yankees, and the thing of the White Sox is there really isn't an ace. I mean, I guess the ace. Oh, there is, though. Well, Lance Lynn, but I mean. Lance Lynn's the ace. But then you could say Rodon is right there if he doesn't get hurt. So, you know, there's a lot of ways to look at this. I think Lance Lynn was a dark horse early on. If you bet him early on in the season, I mean, minus a major injury, he's right there. Yeah, I mean, he's missing the start coming up here, so we'll see. But it's, it's him or Cole right now. I think it'll wind up being Lynn just due to the fact that he's on the Sox. The Sox are going to win the division. It's going to be looking like that. I mean, usually how they look at this from the press standpoint is, oh, the team that's winning is kind of get the nod for the guy who's the AL side. Hey, the Yankees are only one game behind the White Sox right now. or They're actually half a game behind the White Sox right now. So, Well, then again, they're not in our division, so it's really not relevant. Yeah. And, I mean, the two wild card spots at this point would presumably – go to the Athletics and the Yankees. So That's they what I think it's going to be, but if Boston can keep being Boston, then they might make it too. I mean, hey, if the season ended right now, that's what it is. But Boston does have a very good chance, and Boston always gets sneaky in September. And with Sale coming back for them, I, I think it could be right there. They got guys that can hit dingers too. Oh, well. Even that Bobby Dahlback guy that plays first base, that guy can hit bombs. Yeah. Uh, who is it? Who's the guy who came from the Dodgers that plays center field for them? Kike. Kike Hernandez is having a good year this year, too. Stud. Yeah. Defensive stud. I mean, he, he hits for contact. He's not a home run hitter, but I mean. He that, can, though, if you need him to. That's the thing. I mean, guy is legit. And at sometimes I'm like, man, I wish the Sox had him. If yeah, they, they could use him. A Swiss Army knife. He could play anywhere. Please. That would be nice to see. I mean, it definitely would be nice to have like a Ben Zobrist type guy. But we're staying in the AL West. Why don't we? Why don't we transition to NL West? I mean, uh-huh. this is going down to the wire in this division. What a race! I thought it was already over. I thought San Francisco was going to take it. Um, I think they both have. Yeah, they both are tied for best record in the league right now at eighty-five and forty-nine. Um, so if anybody's you know interested in baseball like I am, this upcoming series on the third so it's tomorrow or whenever this gets posted um they're playing each other and this is for the division right now because they're both sitting on the 
exact same record, and they both have a series against each other. And that's in San Francisco. So, hell, it's interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see how they play each other because this could be a very nice uh, snippet to the NLCS. Yes, yeah. It it very well could be. But I, I just don't understand how the Dodgers aren't, like, running away. I know. With this, well, Cody Bellinger is a basically like a a bench guy right now for them. That guy has not hit well this year. Well, usually, I don't know. Maybe he needs to get back on the pot. I guess so. I mean, he still looks stoned all the time, so I don't know. Oh, he still. Well, maybe, maybe he needs to get off the pot. Off the pot. I guess that's it. Well, (laughs) you know, maybe it's not helping him. Maybe, man. You know, I don't know. What I will say is that. The Dodgers going all in at the trade deadline, getting Trey Turner, getting getting Scherzer the for the love of fucking god! What a what a like. Yes, it was necessary because now they have like a whole squad, but like they already had one, and then they trade for an all star pitcher and an all star shortstop, and both of them can be up for the, their respective position awards this year. Like they they could literally get a Cy Young and an MVP from two guys that didn't even play the whole year with them, and they were already an all all star team. That's so dumb. But to me, that's why like this Giants team I really want to root for because it's a more so an assemblance of guys that, okay, so you went and got Chris Bryant at the trade deadline. That's like yeah. your biggest splash, and he's just fit in perfect. It all worked. It all yeah. worked. Whatever they're doing is working. Like Buster Posey's, right. what, 34, and he's all of a sudden good again. Well, I just think he's got the urge again. I mean, he's he's not he's never not been great. It's just, do you have the most? He had a couple right? down years. Yeah, right. Yeah, Crawford, same thing. I mean, it's very- dude. If you look at Brandon Crawford's baseball reference page, like that guy's been consistently good for years. It's just you don't. No one talks about the Giants, <laughs> but he's good. He's a good player. I agree, one hundred percent. He's a great shortstop. <laughs> when he hits for contact. And I, I really see this team reminds me a lot of the 2005 White Sox because they're not jumping off the page at you. Mm-hmm. But then again, they're just consistent and they're playing. Everything works. Right. And sometimes that's all you need. And they got pitching, dude. They got pitching. Right. But it's low key. It's not in your face. Right. It's amazing. It's, it's not like you, they got like multiple aces on. No, it's it. They got their guys, and they got go out. Gaw- and get it I mean, Gosman's throwing a two-five-two this year. Logan Webb's got a two-six-five. Like, you got guys who can pitch. It's it helps. Once again, is back to that old adage of you know, okay, you got the pitching. Chances are you'll be there. Of course, timely hitting falls into that category. Oh, yeah. Clutch guys, yeah. you need those. I I would say though, of that division, the biggest disappointment is the is the San Diego Padres. Like. What the fuck is happening with them? I mean, <laughs> like, how? They go spend all this fucking money. They they go into all this shit, and it's like, how? 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 Yeah. I I mean, they, they're kind of like the White Sox, where, like, they can do anything, and they won't come up. Like, the White Sox obviously feel different now. Um, but if the Padres were in the AL Central, they would also be leading the division. So you know what? I can't really say much after that. But they're like the White Sox. I like no matter what happens, it's like you just get fucked. Like I don't know why. Well, shout out to Rick Hahn, though. I mean, yeah, you know, at this point, Fernando Tatis is the most electric player in baseball. I'll always say that. But then again, as a team, they're not coming together. Hey, man! Really quick, as an aside, um, 
I listened to a podcast today that Rakam was on, um, and they asked him about the Fernando Tatis trade, and he was like, and he said it, he said it best. He's just like, hindsight's twenty twenty. Like, obviously, if I could do it over, I wouldn't do it. Um, but he's like, that move, James Shields coming, the White Sox kind of like crumbling that year, kind of propelled them into making correct decisions to have a rebuild, do it correctly, like make every make every choice possible, make the right choice one after one after one and build the team. So I honestly think like granted if he would have he would still be on the team now, like I that kind of kicks it into gear. And also he was good for Kopech and he was good for Rodon and all those guys that were there with him. So Yeah, I mean that's that's a good way. That's the nice side of looking at it. That's that's should, the, I mean you shouldn't have done your it, ass and that's obvious. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you know what? Hey, at least he can admit it. I think that hindsight's always twenty twenty. If that doesn't work learn, out, then it's a good trade. Young GM, you got to learn from your mistakes, and as long as you don't continue to follow the Kenny Williams method, then we're fine. Oh, they're still boys. He's still there. Of course, he's still there. It's just the Jerry Reinsdorf loyalty program, basically the, tr- the tree of life. From yes, Jerry. the tree of Reinsdorf life. Um, but yeah, I, I just. I don't see it, you know, and we were all upset when we didn't get Machado and it was like, oh, fuck, this guy could have been the piece to the puzzle. Yep. Um, I mean, he's but, having a, he was having an electric year for the first half and he kind of fell off, but. I mean, still a stud, but yeah. it's it's a big disappointment to see the Padres fall off and that, you know, you Darvish, I mean, clearly was using something. Sticky stuff, man. He has been so bad recently. <laughs> it's like unbelievable i think his era went up like a whole point in the last like month like it's it's unbelievable he has not pitched well at all um and like if you look at this lineup of pitching like joe musgrove has had a great year he's he's throwing a 285 right now like you darvish blake snell chris paddock denelson lamette's a monster ryan weathers is supposed to be good he's throwing a 534 like he's young but like ah it's just it hurts to see because they got a they got a team full of guys that should be able to do something, and they're in a division where there's one team that they didn't even think was going to be up there, and another team that's a juggernaut that won last year, even though it was a fake year, whatever, blah blah blah. It's it's crazy to see that. It's crazy to see that. It sucks to it would suck to be a Padres fan right now. It would it would suck to be a Padres fan right now. I don't disagree with that, but then again, it does show you the difference between a half of a schedule and a full schedule. Yep. And oh, yeah. the, the oh, long yeah. run of playing a full MLB schedule is so taxing on a lot of teams that, you know, you're hoping for the best come August, September, October. So I, I got 162 games too. That's a whole, it's a whole different, oh, it's a that's lot. A, the dog. We're in the dog days right now. Like dog those days, boys are working. It is hot and they are working right now. And oh, I yeah. know, man. Yeah. Well, I, I think the Padres in that division are the biggest disappointment you know, and, and then to kind of lean on that side, I mean, if, if we're going to jump to and stay on NL, I mean, the Mets look like they could be something in the NL East, but oh, this is just boy. a shit show of a what division. A mess. First off, Atlanta, granted the last 10 hasn't looked well, but they've been, they've been playing lights out recently. Even without Ronald Acuna, that's a squad. They're playing well. Um, yeah, they got Jock Peterson on that team now, right? Yeah, it's not a game changer. <laughs> Michael, you know, is back, but you know, for um, for for what he was for the time, I mean, he was he was an all star for a while. 
Yeah, he had a chance a couple times. He's been up and down. He's got clutch, though. He's got clutch. You can't deny that. Well, I agree. I agree. I think um, I, I think the Phillies, I mean, still one and a half out, so you can never call out Bryce. But still, that team's so old. Bryce Harper, have you seen what he's been doing recently? No, I have not. Bryce Harper is a, like, a go, like, he is almost an MVP candidate right now. Seriously? Bryce Harper has been going off. Like, going off. Like, he, recently specifically, like, the last, like, month and a half, Bryce Harper's been having a wonderful season. Right when the Phillies have started their uptick, he's been having a great season. So, right now, he's leading the whole league in on-base plus slugging percentage right now at a one dot, one dot oh one four. He's hitting 306 with 26 home runs this year. I mean, the man is paid to do that, so. Yeah, he should he should do I, I it, hope, but, like, I hope he does. a lot of people are like, Bryce Harper's overrated, Bryce Harper's overrated. I don't know if he is, man. Like, well, <laughs> I think the thing about Bryce Harper, and, and, hey, I can never blame anybody for going to get their money, but. Oh, yeah, yeah you, you would take that in a heartbeat. You could piss off if you don't say that. <laughs> no, of course I would. Yeah. I mean, but still, you have to look at it, though, in a way like, okay, do you make up your money somewhere else, and do you go win? Do you go sign with a team like the Brewers, the Cubs at the time? Uh, do you go sign with a team like the Dodgers or even mm-hmm. jump to the AL? Like, Could you imagine Bryce Harper on the White Sox right now? I wanted him on there. <laughs> we all did. We were like, oh, I wanted him more than I wanted Machado. I wanted Bryce Harper. Well, we all did. And, and I mean, the Phillies just bet the bank on him. Yeah. But the problem is when you do that, you can't get anybody else. I um, mean, the beauty of baseball is there's no salary cap. So you can spend as much as you want. It just depends on how much the owner wants to spend. Um, the Also, the thing with with Bryce Harper specifically is you're one guy on a nine-team roster – or a nine-guy uh, – position player roster rather and pitching staff. They just don't have a bullpen. They didn't have a bullpen, but they're playing well now. I I mean I don't know. I don't know if you can blame him. The guy's like playing well. Last year he had an okay season. Like the last couple of years, I know twenty eighteen was a questionable one, but he got a lot of walks or whatever it may be, but he's playing well this year and the minute he started playing well, that team's playing well. What if our um, guy McCann on the Mets comes through fucking lights it up towards the end of the season. And uh, there we go. Mets win the NL East. What's the likelihood of of that happening? Zero. (laughs) I mean, what are they? They're They're five games back or something. They are. They are. Okay. Well, this is a great way to segue. The freaking Javi Baez thing with the... the, So you need to tell me exactly what happened here. Yeah. All right. So Javi Baez and Frankie Lindor are boys, right, from Puerto Rico. So... They met up on the Mets. It's like, oh, great, middle infield, solid, yada, yada, yada. They started doing this thing because Mets fans, this is my own personal opinion, but that fan base is insufferable. They'll complain about winning. They'll complain about losing. They'll complain about everything, blah, blah, blah. They started doing a thumbs down thing because all the fans were booing them. So every time they did something good, they put a thumbs down. And oh, then, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and then Javi Baez had a press conference where he – more or less said exactly what I just said. Um, fans didn't like that. He probably didn't say it the way he should have. It probably wasn't the most, like, like uh, I can't even think of the word, but just, like, the most, like, democratic way to say it, I guess. <laughs> like, he he said it He said it in enough words where they were like, what the fuck? Um, so 
granted, they didn't really mean it. It was almost like a joke in a way. Um, the front office came out and was just like, we don't like, we respect our fans, blah, blah, blah. We don't thumbs down them, whatever. They made a problem out of nothing. Honestly, that whole organization could have just said nothing and it would have been fine, oh, yeah, but they yeah. did anyway. And I mean, you know what he's used to? He's used to everything happy go lucky on the north side of Chicago because well, he's a legend because they won. Oh, which I get. I know, they, they but like, you're, yeah, shit. but we're not, we're not Cubs fans, so we're going to obviously hate on it. But like, well, it's not that I don't listen. All right. Here's my problem and always been my problem with the Chicago Cubs. Okay. No matter how bad they're sucking, no matter how bad they're winning or how good they're winning, all that good shit. On a base hit, they are like going bananas for their team. And yeah. I understand being a fan and a fanatic and that's your thing, but it, it's a little excessive because on the South side, it's like, okay, good. You got a base hit. What the fuck are you going to do with it now? And the North side, it's all sunshine and rainbows. No pun. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a, that's recency bias though. I mean, like they always have, they always have fans and I can't really hate on a fan. Like granted, I'm not a Cubs fan. That's very obvious off the bat. Um, I mostly hate most Cubs fans. I'm not going to lie. I mean, hate's a strong like, word. Strongly dislike. Yeah, I, I dislike I mean, talking about the Cubs to unknowledgeable Cubs fans. That's what if I have to hear that asshole song one more <laughs> yeah. time in my life. <laughs> so these, I, I might see the listeners it. don't know, but I live in the freaking. I live in enemy territory. I'm right in the middle of you Greenville. are. You're. I see it all the time. It literally makes me want to die inside. But <laughs> I'll say this. Having a devoted fan base, no matter what, means a lot. But also, it allows you to do bullshit like they did this year and absolutely fuck over the whole fan base, which they also did. Um, but I will say this: Javi Baez was on a World Series winning team, helped them win the World Series. Um, the next year, he almost had an MVP season. So it's people get the jerseys, people get invested. That's how that happens. He gets traded to the Mets where he hasn't done anything for the Mets. The Mets don't give a shit about any of that. They want to win something. So they're not winning. They play poorly. That's a bad way to react to that. I agree. The thing is, is the next next day or then two days after, they get Tavi Baez drives in a run to tie the game in the ninth inning. He's on second base. I think it was Frankie Lindor hits like a little blooper out into the outfield. Baez comes jetting down. He makes he runs most classic Javi Baez play, just like booking it from second base, beautiful slide right in, scores, they win the game. I go on Twitter and there's still Mets fans just like, why did it have to be Baez, blah, blah, blah. Like, fuck off. Like, are you kidding well, me? That, that is he won 100%. the game for you guys. He did both of the things that won the game for you. Like, fuck off. They just won the game. I, I can never disagree with that because, I mean, as a fan of a team, you shouldn't just question who scored. I mean, but that's that's New York. That's Philly. That's that vibe. East that's Coast. the Mets, though. That's not the Yankees. Right. That's the Mets. Like, the the thing is, is, like, the White Sox and the Mets are, like, sister teams because they, they run the same – they have the same, like, affiliation to the city, you know? Yeah, I, I could see that. But then again, I mean, you know, one's National League, one's American League. Very I'm just saying, like, the relationship with how the city runs and, oh, you yeah, know what I mean? That's, like, that, that's a very good relationship, though. That's a very good point where, you know, maybe the Mets are a little bit more realistic about their team where the Yankees are a little bit more head in the clouds and vice versa here. It's like the Cubs are more head in the clouds. So everything's great and dandy. And then on the south side, it's like, well, what have you done for me lately? Yeah. And also, like, you know, there's there's less fans worldwide, for sure. Oh, like, for you sure. You say it all over the place. So it's just like the Mets are little brother syndrome. 
the White Sox, not anymore, but had a little brother syndrome a little bit. You know, it's just, yeah, I don't know, man. I just don't like the way that that goes. They traded for him, like hoping that was going to go well. Like you saw Javi Baez's stats in the earlier in the year. Like you knew how this was going to go. The man strikes out a lot. Also, he makes a lot of cool plays. Like he's 50, 50, he's boomer bust. That's how that guy works. Absolutely. And, and I mean, not only on top of that, but I mean, if the Mets organization doesn't just, you know, come to a head at its management, I mean, it's, it's all right there. So, well, no, I mean, at least they got a bunch of stand up guys in their front office that nothing happens to them. <laughs> was it, who was it? Was right. it the GM? Zach, got to do Zach it? Scott, Zach Scott acting GM was busted on a drunk driving charge in the middle of the season coming from Steve Cohen's house. Steve Cohen's the G or the owner of the team. They were doing like a charity benefits, blah, blah, blah. Dude got busted on a DUI. So I have this really hot question that we're all asking in the streets. Is Tony LaRusa better at getting DUIs than the GM of the <laughs> New York Mets? Whose DUI was better? One, two, three, go. <laughs> well, I don't think all right. Here's why I don't think LaRusa's DUI is better, right? Okay. Because this guy I mean, not, DUI- like honestly, like PSA, don't drive drunk. Don't be a fucking idiot. Just no, get an Uber. No. Like fuck Just off. But get anyway, an Uber. Yes. Take take public transit. Take take your train. Take your metro. Take your blue line. Whatever you're taking. Don't don't fuck around with that. It's just not worth it. But it's never worth it. It's, it's never, never worth, worth driving it. drunk. Have we all done it? No. But um, with that being said, I I do believe Larusa. His is just more like whatever. Where this guy, he's out partying with the boss. He's out having a good and time. and players. Oh, even better. There are so players he's at the there. boss's house. He's got some players there. Who knows? They probably got some women. They you know they're fucking around. What no, else is there? Baseball no. players don't get women. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. Not at all. Yeah, uh, not, not at all. So, I mean, I think his Dewey is better than LaRusse's Dewey, considering LaRusse is, you know, 85 years old. And he probably <laughs> had one. <laughs> My bad. I was 10 years off. Um, I, I do believe LaRusse might have just been out at, you know, Gibson's or Morton's or something and had one too many glasses of wine. Yeah. And, you know, he's swerving. Oh, sorry, doctor. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I, I can't get out of the car. Uh, okay. And then, you know, Jerry Reinsdorf comes out and he's like, well, we'll figure it out. I mean, it was terrible the way our front office like defended that. Yeah, I mean, it was Jerry got his guy and that's what it is. The thing well, is, too, with this Mets situation is they I don't know why. I don't know what it is. They can't catch a goddamn break like ever. So, well, they gave Lynn you know, you know how money. you Boom. Do you know how this guy got this job, Zach Scott? No. He got promoted to acting manager after that Jared Porter guy was fired for sending sexually explicit text messages to a female reporter. That's how this guy got the job, and then he just got a DUI midseason. He's out here sending the fucking wristwatch. He was he was <laughs> he was acting general manager because the other guy was sending his dick to like Hey, I Brett Favre, do you? How do you like that? Maybe it's just what happens when you're in New York. What is Who in knows? the water? What is in the water there? Shea Stadium or whatever. It's City Field now. What's going on? Dude, I don't know, but I, I heard something today. If we're on this whole topic of infidelity, I heard something that Rachel Nichols and Jimmy Butler. We talked about that on the Unrelated podcast. Shameless. You plug. did. That's where I got yeah. this. That's where I heard this because yeah. I listened to the episode I mean, that today. That was chatter. That was chatter. Um, but 
Yeah, that was there was talk about Jimmy Butler um, in his hotel room, and this is not old news, but it was. I don't mean to like. I, I just thought it was so like right there as a great pivot point. No, absolutely no, but no, he was he got in trouble in his hotel room because there was like a thumping noise. He comes out in his like practice uniform. He's like, I was practicing, and then. Rachel Nichols, there there was some speculation that she was in the room with them. She ha- she was under fire a couple weeks ago. Um, actually, recently, ESPN took her show off of ESPN, so I don't know. Really? But, yeah, the jump is – she's not doing the jump anymore, so. Well, who knows? Yeah. I mean, maybe she just really wanted to watch him dribble. <laughs> dribble something. One balls or two. Who cares? <laughs> Oh, that's great. All right. Well, I think this is the perfect opportunity to flip over to some fantasy. Let's do it, Mike. Some fantasy. <laughs> Let's do it, Chicago, Mike. Some fantasy, you know. I think uh I think uh I think this was a very interesting year for fantasy drafts for everybody because it's like what is uh what is this going to be, you know, after your draft are you happy or are you sad? I had a hard time this year, not going to lie. I mean, not from the looks of things, but no, my whatever. teams are great. Don't get me wrong; I'm very confident. But I, I mean, I think everybody is that though. After your fantasy draft, you're fucking Big Dick Rogers. You're out here, you know, just flowing with it, and then the season starts, and either you your assumption was correct or it isn't. I heard something once: hope is the uh, most dangerous drug. Hope is, and that's the beginning of every season for any team that you support, and it's the beginning of every fantasy season. Everybody's got hope in the first week, and then three weeks later, you're either dead on the water or you're happy to be here. So you, you know, don't know, but that was me last season. I was first pick in the draft. I had McCaffrey. I was like, "Yep, I got this." Dude snaps his body in half. Oh my god! And then it's like, "All right, here we go. Here we go. Here." And then I was along for the Dad, ride. Singletary RB one. <laughs> And I had Zach Moss, and it was like, oh, well, oh, he could have a good game this week. Hashtag Matthew Barry. Thanks. Oh, man. Mother. Yeah. Yeah. So all you guys are gathering from this is Mike is just doggy doo-doo at fantasy football. <laughs> I am not doggy doo-doo. I am a diamond rating in fucking Yahoo Fantasy Football. So yeah. watch it. But what I will so, say is this. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so for context, uh, I joined Mike's friend group, Fantasy Football League, this year. Um, So as we go, we'll keep you updated, see how we're doing, who's bad, who's good, and stuff like that. But just wanted to put that out there, that we are actually in at odds, at odds ends with each other. We're going to see who's going to win here. So We, We both got terrible ratings in our draft. Both. Both of us. And to give you some context, my team name, and it had always been my team name, is Suckadicka um, <laughs> because it's classic and it is Chicago Mike way of doing things. And uh, it is a picture in my, my snapshot of Yahoo League of Dicka giving the finger. So <laughs> that's that's the key. So my first pick in this draft was Derrick Henry. I thought that was very safe. Um, and yeah, I think he's going to be good. You know, I hope so. Um, yeah. My 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 other thing is though, you know, I I probably reached a little bit for Chris Carson, but in that was your second pick. Where where did you pick in the draft again? It was three. Everybody was calling collusion because I'm the commissioner, but whatever. If if everybody you mean me, then yes, yes. 
definitely yes, collusion. Yes, yes, definitely collusion. No, it was it was Derrick Henry, Chris Carson, because I was three, and then you get bumped down to the bottom of the mix in in the second round. So it's it's interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, how about you? How are you feeling about your team? I feel good. Um, we talked about this a little bit. What was it, last episode, something like that, when we were getting all fired up. Um, I would like to say that anybody playing fantasy football, stop drafting before, like, at least the week before the last fantasy week or the last preseason week. Stop doing that because everybody's, like, drafting all these guys. Like, NTN got drafted, and then he went down. Like, stop doing that. Like, it's dumb. Like, do your draft for fantasy, like, the week or two weeks before the season starts. That is just a thing. If anybody's going to be a commissioner, do it that way because you're just going to draft somebody that's going to get an ACL sprain in the first week of the preseason. You're going to screw yourself. So that's an aside. But I got the 11th pick because I'm new and Mike likes collusion. So I went 11th pick and 14th overall. So I took Saquon because somehow, somehow Saquon Barkley was still there at the 11th pick. So I'm taking him. Maybe it's a flyer. He's questionable for week one, but I think he's going to be good all year. I think he's going to stay in. And then I got Antonio Gibson at 14. So two running backs off the board. I'm happy with it. Hey, I I would have been very happy with those two as well, considering to give everybody some context. We are full PPR in this league. 12 guys too. 12, 12 team league, full PPR. You got those two guys. I wouldn't be shaking a stick at that. What's the one guy on your team that you're like, I don't know how this is going to go. There's there's a couple of them. Um, Give me a couple. So I pretty much ah there's yeah there's a couple. Uh, Jerry Judy I think is going to be good, and we talked about him a little bit. We didn't talk about him at length, but he's going to be good. Um, I took him in the fifth round. So if he's good, then that's a good pick. If he's bad, then it's like shit. What are you doing with your fifth round? Um, Right. Also, I took a couple flyers on a couple. Two running backs and a wide receiver. So I took I took Melvin Gordon in the seventh round. He's going to get the majority of the snaps in Denver with Philip Lindsay gone now. Um, he was good a couple years ago. I think he'll be decent, but really, like that Denver offense, like either they're going to have to run a lot because they can't throw the ball, or they're throwing the ball to Jerry Judy and Noah Fant. And I at least got Jerry Judy, so that's good. And then the last one is the third to last draft or draft pick here. I took Henry Ruggs, took him last year too. I think that guy's got so much potential that if he, if he starts to hit with Derek Carr, then he could have a lot of points. And I, I don't think it's unnecessary to believe that he could be in my starting lineup at the end of the year. Yeah. I I don't think it's unnecessary to think so. I mean, that very well could be a thing. I I don't know. I just don't trust the Raiders. I just don't. You can't. I, Kenyon I just drinks don't. on that team, and I don't even think he's going to be good. <laughs> you can't. No, I think Josh Jing- Josh uh, Josh Jacobs is the guy. I, I mean, I really do. I you know, looking at this in return, you're like, oh well, I could have drafted Patty Mahomes in the second round, and a lot of people are like, well, maybe that's a reach. Did that in my other league? Did that in my other league? It's not no. though, because he's going to give you points. But then I got Kyler in the fourth round in this league, so I feel like I'm stealing from people. Well, then again, that's the thing. Everybody reached so heavy for. Um, for running backs in this draft. And I was one of that. But then again, I'd much rather have peace of mind and knowing like, all right, I got my guy, I'm cool. And then life's easy, right? Uh, I, I don't mind waiting for quarterbacks because I do believe a guy like Aaron Rodgers or I do believe a guy like Matt Stafford can come in and be that 
one one A for you at quarterback. I mean, I think there's only three exceptions to pick a quarterback before the eighth round. What's that? It's Mahomes, in my opinion. I think Mahomes is a top three or four because he's going to get yards. Um, Kyler Murray, which I did because that man's running, and then Lamar Jackson's a running back. So (laughs) I feel like those are the only three guys that I would pick. I mean, Josh Allen netted more points than most guys last year, but I still wouldn't pick him before the eighth round. You know, your sus pick for me, and we discussed this on the last pod, but Justin Tucker in the eighth round, you were not fucking around. Hey, (laughs) if you got a guy, go get him. That's what I say. That's what everybody says. Um, He's got his guy. That's a team that's going to score, and that's a team that's going to get to the 40-yard line, and they might have a hard time, but they're going to get to the 40-yard line. So he's going to get his chances, and he's going to knock them down. It's the only reason I think that, I mean, Justin Tucker's never going to, if he misses what, like last year he missed like three kicks or something like that. Like he missed I would rather have that. Egregious kick. What's that? One of, those, one of those nights he missed like a very like non. Yeah, like, it was a bad one. It was like it was an extra one. point. Yeah. Cause I've had him. I have him every league I do. Cause I just like Justin Tucker, but well, yeah, I, I reach for know. my kicker and I am shameless, <laughs> shameless. I would say this. I think I may have had the steal of kickers. Uh, hashtag Cairo Santos. Um, because Cairo Santos for the Bears. Bears kick a lot of field goals. You picked goals. a Bears kicker. Wow. Like, because I didn't think you would pick anybody. You know anything about them? I do know a lot about them, and I do know they kick <laughs> a whole lot of effing field goals. Yeah. And uh, that's why I decided to go that route. So the highest guy on your team, I mean, outside of your first round draft pick, who, who are you like, all right, this is my guy. Are you talking like if he doesn't do well, then I'm fucked. And if he does do well, I'm going to be great. Or exactly. It's Kyler Murray. All day. Uh-huh. He's Murray. got, he's got weapons. Um, I think the Cardinals are going to be pretty good this year. Um, personally, I don't know why I think that, but, I don't know. I, I think that. Um, and he's going to make or break my team. Like, if he gets hurt, then he's fucked. But, like, they got Chase Edmonds and James Conner, so whatever. But then they got DeAndre Hopkins and then A.J. Green slotted in as the two receiver and then Christian Kirk. Andy Isabella's pretty good. He's got a lot of targets. I don't know. And the thing is, is, is uh, God, why is it, why am I blanking? Uh, the the coach of the of the Cardinals. Oh, Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury. Jesus. He's going to throw the ball. For better or for worse, that guy's throwing the ball. So I, I, I just don't think they're going to – and once again, I, I'm very skeptical on this. I just don't think that's the play for them. Um, it, it's very interesting to me, that team. Everybody's high on DeAndre. Now they got A.J. Green, Christian Kirk. Are you not high on DeAndre Hopkins? It's not that I'm not high on him. It's just like I don't really feel as if DeAndre is Devontae Adams. And he's going very similar in ADPs. I mean, that's kind of my two cents. I don't think he's. I don't think he's far away though. Like when he's good, he's when he's good, he's good. But then again, a guy like Terry McLaurin, and I'm not biased or anything because I took the guy. But what I'm saying, you're not. You are not grading Terry McLaurin over DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not saying over. I'm saying on point with. Because I do think the Washington football team, (laughs) a.k.a. 
what are they going to be called? The Red Wolves? Isn't that? Um, that's a yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, they're under three. They're under three oh, names or something like that. Yeah, yeah, we gotta yeah, have yeah. We got to have an emergency pod for that when that happens. Oh, we do. The night yeah. it happens. We are, oh, yeah. Oh, that's going to be. ready. Oh, that's going to be a good one. Electric. But, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Kyla Murray. And, you know, every time I think of Kyla Murray, I just think of Quinn and Williams' big goofy ass in that Alabama <laughs> interview in the playoffs. When he was like, uh, no, you know, I don't think Kyler Murray. <clears throat> and they're like, Quinnen? You, you, he's like, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, you knew, you knew like Nick Saban's in the background somewhere like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. He probably caught it. I'm good. And then he he sneezed at, at, in like a post-draft interview or a pre-draft interview. He sneezed in the interview and blessed himself and thanked Bless himself. <laughs> what a fucking He sneezed and he goes, <laughs> what a G. You. Thank you. <laughs> what a G. I'm good. <laughs> I love that guy. No, Sucks that he's on the Jets, but love that guy. I'm never big on the draft grades. I, I really do feel as if, though, whoever got Jonathan Taylor in their draft, I'm big on that. I love that I think pick. So. I want I, it. I think so, too. It's just... Yeah. I don't know what he's is he second or third year this year. This is going to be his second year out of Wisconsin. Second year running backs have a hard time, dude. Supposedly, either that or they light it up. So, like I used to, I used to operate under the assumption to just draft rookie running backs because they're the most limber. Um, it's worked out well for me recently until I took Clyde Edwards Hilaire and I wanted to fucking die last year. Well, but, I was the same with J.K. Dobbins because, as we all know, Lamar Jackson likes to run a lot. J.K. Dobbins is the reason that you don't draft before the end of the preseason. Yeah, some 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 new guy in our league drafted J.K. Dobbins in like the fourth round because his app crashed. In ours right now? Yeah. <laughs> That, I mean, who got Gus Edwards? He's probably just laughing at right now. <laughs> Gus Edwards, I think, went like the round after. Oh, Lord. God, bad. that guy got duped. Well, I think, you know, the problem is, and everybody should pay attention to this, if you're going to do your fantasy draft, don't do it off your phone. Do it on your fucking computer because that's the risk you take. Yeah, absolutely. And that was after J.K. Dobbins got injured. Yeah, for real. Like, that guy just straight up drafted the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so no. you can make fun of me for Justin Tucker, but at least I didn't draft a guy that's not going to play this year. <laughs> I agree with that statement. I, I mean, I, the real question for me is, and a lot of people are kind of like looking at this sideways, but, you know, what is the situation for the Cincinnati wide receiving core? Because there's a lot of moving parts and pieces here. There's yes, Tyler Boyd, there's Tyler Higgins, uh, or uh, T. Jamar Higgins Chase. And Jamar Chase. Yeah, so in my other league, really quick, my other league I picked – Jamar Chase is my wide receiver, too. Um, I was very excited about it initially. Um, that was a reach. <laughs> and I'm a little worried about it. I think he's going to be good, but that guy's been dropping passes left and right. And it's given me a reason to be a little worried about him. See, I think people are, are reading a little too much into it. Although I do believe the guy that everybody's sleeping on at this stage of the game is Tyler Boyd because he's playing out of the slot a lot. And reading the statistics last season, Joe Burrow did target the slot more so than any receiver on the field. Yeah. So that's also how rookie quarterbacks go, though, too. Yeah. And, and that's a true statement. But then again, he's almost has an extension on his rookie season, although Jamar Chase is his guy. That's my thought too. Is 
he knows Jamar Chase. He knows how to throw to him. Um, I don't know if they're going to put Jamar Chase in the slot too a little bit too. I I would assume so because oh yeah, he's that offense is young and that's quick offense. So and Zach Taylor is the young court or uh, coach, so he might switch it around. Let's face it, Zach Taylor's out. What? Oh, this is juicy. Hot take. What, what? if Eddie O winds up in Cincinnati and be like, fuck out of here. What no, we need, no we chance. Need hey, guys, we need no a chance. dome over here. No chance. <laughs> we need a fucking think, practice dome. You think Ed Ogeron's going to live in Cincinnati in the middle I of love, winter? Like, I fuck out of here. Ogeron. That guy lives in Louisiana until he dies. I um, love that Ogeron. If that ever happens, I'll give it like a five-year stop. I'll give you 50 bucks straight up. Yeah. <laughs> Need a fucking winter dome over here. How does he say go bang and go bangles? Go bang. <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't go work. Tiger. And yo, it's the bangle. Go dinos. It's a part of the tiger. Uh, do you know that in Joe Burrow's recruiting uh, meeting with him, that they went to a crawfish restaurant in Louisiana? Yes, I heard this. Yes, I did. And the restaurant ran out of crawfish. Eddie O made a phone call. And had like four pounds of crawfish. Brought right back to him. Yeah. Yeah, he had to get that guy. He had to get his uh, old. Where did Burrow? Burrow was at Ohio State for a little bit before that, though. Correct. Yeah, he they had like to get his guy. Third or fourth up there, right? Oh, man. I mean, Eddie O is classic. I really do hope that LSU is something this year because I just love Eddie O. Me too. I just love that they did it that year, too. I was in love with that whole team the whole time. It was oh, yeah. good to see. The year before and like I'm so sick of Alabama's play. stupid ass. Like goddamn. Well, a- Alabama this season is going to be interesting to watch. I think OU. They're gonna be good. They're yeah. gonna be good. Of course, they're always going to be. They're always going to be good. If anybody listens to the CFB kickoff episode, you know we go heavy into that, and I don't know. I just believe that this season it's going to be a toss up. And OU has a real shot just due to the fact that they got the familiarity with their quarterback. They got some depth on defense. I'm rooting them, rooting for them solely for Nate, really. Um, <laughs> I just to hear that boomer, <laughs> boomer sooner, baby. Boomer. Uh, I don't know, man. I I think I'm just so ingrained at this point where I'm like, it's it's probably going to be Alabama, or it's going to yeah, be but- Clemson. But what's you know. Everybody's saying it depends that. on the quarterback place. Depends on the quarterback place. Exactly. Alabama. And a lot of people, hey, don't count out Cincinnati now. A Good lot squad. of people Good I was squad. hearing it today. Cincinnati people are like Cincinnati's the team, Cincinnati's this, Cincinnati's that. I'm like, okay, maybe so. They were really close last season. I just don't know how a team like that is gonna come to the front of that. It's, they won't. And the problem is too, is that the college football playoffs is voted on. So, oh yeah. Even so, like even year. if they play well, well, I heard you say this the other day and I was kind of hurt. I'm a, I love Notre Dame. Big Notre Dame guy. How? But also, what do you mean? How? Fight Irish brother. I, sure, the But let's face it, they play anybody in the top five and they get their Yeah. Yeah, well, that. yeah, independent too. It's like it's all bullshit. Um I have, I will say this with certainty: Nebraska is not going to the college football playoffs this year. What the hell was that? Uh, <laughs> and don't get me wrong; I like watching the Fighting Illini just smoke Alabama, Nebraska. But what was that? 
and Lovey's out too. That's what's even funnier about. Oh that. yeah, that guy Brett Bielema, right? He's he's, he's doing all right there. Yeah, hey, he's doing I all mean, right there. He did play in Nebraska, but that's okay. I mean, but Nebraska, the- Nebraska is a team that you would assume would always play hard. It did not happen the other day, but go you know, hard, like, Ace Hood. You just never know. I I, guess I, so. I mean, here's what I'll say. If you're a college kid about to go into a new program and Lovey Smith is in in your living room, just take a nap. I mean, it's bad. Imagine, <laughs> could you imagine that if Lovey Smith was like, "Well, I'd really like you to be on my team." <laughs> I mean, I'd be like, "Dude, uh, no, I'm going to the West Coast. Fuck this shit." You don't think he's got like a little bit of juju? But I feel like if you talk to Lovey Smith like for a little bit, I'd be like, "I trust him with everything." but but you you look back and you're like how is this guy no way he's a good college coach no he seems like mad he's he's oppo he's oppo urban meyer yeah urban is he's literally the antithesis of urban meyer yes exactly urban meyer was made to just go and find college guys and be like you're impressionable and i'm going to tell you everything you want to hear and here we go everything you want to hear and then we get to the nfl i'm going to get the fucking book thrown at me Right, and then Lovey Smith's like, "Hey, I can't convince you of anything right now, but I'll teach you some X's and O's, baby." That's what he did for the Bears, and for I mean, for better or for worse, they went hey, to the Super Bowl. So he, they did go to the Super Bowl, and he got fired as a ten and six coach. So that's that. So, for who, Mike? What? For who, Mike? Who got hired after that? <sighs> Say his name. Boy, Do it for me. Boy. Mark Tressman. <laughs> XFL legend Mark Tressman. <laughs> CFL. Canadian. No, he was XFL and CFL. Oh, even He better. was on XFL last year. What a mess. <laughs> I mean, dude, when – what was his name? Phil Emery? Oh, yeah. Was like, he's what a, a mess. He's an O's guy in the offense and this and that. And then we could have hired Bruce fucking Arians. Yep. I mean – And we know that he can't win a Super Bowl, right? Bruce Arians? Do you ever win a Super Bowl? Bruce Arians the shit, man. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. He won it. He won it last year. It's just, yeah. I mean, we don't. We're not talking about the Bears again. But still, it's just what a egregiously mess. terrible. Egregiously I mean, terrible. Just like literally assault. Awful. That is assault. <laughs> I'll never forget watching those post game interviews with him, and he'd be like, "Well, we had a really good practice. He trying really hard." <laughs> We did really great in practice. Everybody was like, hoorah, and everybody slapped each other's asses, and then we walked Once out the again, field. And- Allen Iverson, practice? Practice? We're talking about practice? We're talking about practice? You can't put the product on the field. I was – okay, Miami Dolphins. I yeah. was at the game the 2016 season, I think it may have been, or 2015-14 okay. season, where that whole thing imploded. And it was like B. Marsh, Alshon Jeffrey, Martellus Bennett, all those head cases. What? Yeah, but what a fucking receiving squad. Oh, like, my they're God. All, they're all insane, but they're all good at what they do. But the defense was just terrible. and Which is not Bears football. Right. <laughs> not Bears football. And they were trying to recreate the wheel here. It's like, mm, it's not going to work. No. But it was terrible to see though, because that game they came out cold and then they went into the locker room and you just knew coming out of the field, the body language was terrible. And then mm-hmm. I'll never forget like Lamar Miller rushed us for like 200 yards and three touchdowns. Can you explain to me what the fuck happened to that guy? He got old. Yeah. He, he I mean, was, 
he was very good for like two seasons there. Like well, very the good. thing the thing is this: it's okay. I think a lot of it is abuse, and I think a lot of it also yeah, is he got hit a lot. You know, after a certain period of time as a running back, you're a dime a dozen, and I hate to say that, but it's true. I mean, that's how it goes, and that's the that's the understanding now, and I think running backs know that as well. But maybe that's like the Titans, or not the Titans, the Texans' curse, because like Arian Foster Foster had a good run there, but he got bad quick. Uh, David Johnson, David Johnson was very good for like two years. Yeah, and he got bad too. And then the Houston Texans made literally the worst trade ever, um, and sent David Johnson. Full circle here, old fucking Billy boy. <laughs> At least Deshaun Deshaun Watson's playing safety this year, so we're all good there. Well, he's playing safety of his ass because he's pretty. Hey, lucky. he he made the roster, but he's listed as other. Other? Yeah. Huh. He's going to be the emergency kicker, I guess. I guess, is, yeah. He's not listed Davis, as quarterback. He's listed as other. It doesn't make any is, sense. Is Davis Mills a starting quarterback, or did that go to uh, what's his face? Honestly, Tyrod I don't. Taylor. Tyrod I, don't. Taylor. I know it's Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, it's Tyrod. By the way, my bad. You're okay. <laughs> by the way, if we're on the topic of Tyrod Taylor, can we just talk about the uh, the the medic or the trainer for the L.A. Chargers last season? Yeah, piercing his ribs with a cortisone shot and then hitting his lungs and then a punctured a lung, and they're like, "Well, you can't play anymore." And then he just- literally he won. <laughs> He wanted Justin Herbert to play so bad like, that he well, purposely injured the star. with that needle. <laughs> Herbert, get your ass in the Herbert, game. And he just lights it up for the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't make it up. You can't make this shit up. And I mean, I'm just saying that is, it's too apparent to be true. Like, it's like, well, maybe he fucking did that. You know, who knows? Oh, sorry, Tyrod, you pierced the lung. You can't breathe. Ah, Herbert, in the game you go. If and- you lay out the Houston Texans running backs right now, and it was 2017, 2018 maybe, what a squad. Oh, they got Mark yeah. Ingram starting. They got David Johnson backing him up, and you got Philip Lindsay in third string running back right now. Yeah. Still got Brandon Cooks, though. God bless yeah. that young man. Chris Connolly's good, too. Anthony Miller. We know Anthony Miller. Oh, Anthony Miller. Yeah. What, what could have been? What could have oh, been? Oh, God. Well, he's too busy fighting people on the field. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Not for the Bears, but I love watching it. <laughs> Not a fan. Oh, man. Well, I, I love our end of show rambles. These yes, are sir. These are the best part. I mean, I think episode uh, 8B was... 8B. 8B. Lot 8B was uh, pretty great. Uh, thanks. Thank you to Columbia Winery. Shout out to them. I'm going to tag them. I'm going to tag him in this. Who knows? Maybe we'll get some free wine out of this. From the great state of Washington. Yeah. Seahawks land, baby. Let's go. Yeah, that's right. That's in the Pacific Northwest. Um, Other than that, I mean, anything else we want to add to this episode 8B? I don't think so. It's been fun, though. It's been fun when we're back. We're going to have a whole lot more after this college football weekend. I'm jazzed for it. And uh, thank you so much for all the listeners to the podcast. Thank, thank you. So you. Yes. All of it. Love it. Of course, like, follow, share. Taxi Squad Podcast, Episode 8B in the books. We out.
We out. Vinny, once again, welcome as a permanent guest host for, for this. I'm so jacked for it. Get used to it, friends. Let's go. Let's go. All right, everybody. Have a great weekend. Thank you. See ya.